Chief completes it. Fowler's in for the touchdown. Even though it's preseason, glad to see our guys out here making a, a lot of plays. And, and we got a touchdown right there, so that's great. Let's go back to Bob for the touchdown. Daniel Jones inside the five and in for the touchdown. Great vision there by Hillman. Reggie White Jr. in the slot. Valletta with some time, zips it to the end zone. Dickerson makes the catch for a touchdown. Catch. Welcome to Talking Giants. We're here to recap a wild Bears game where Eli was perfect, while Daniel Jones was damn near perfect, at least in the passing game, not in the fumbles. We have a lot to unpack. We've watched the film 29 times, as Ron Jaworski would say. I'm Bobby Skinner, here with Danny King. Danny, how are you feeling after a weekend, after the game? How, how, how are you doing? And then how, just how are you feeling about that game overall? And then we'll kind of deep dive into some stuff. Yeah, I mean, I'm feeling good about the game. Well, after about the fourth quarter came around, that that's when I was like, man, I really wish a regular season was here. But the first three quarters, I really enjoyed it. It was a, it was a very, it, it was a good game all around for offense. The offensive line played great. We'll get into that all. But I enjoyed the game a lot, and I'm doing good. It was a fun weekend. Had a UFC fight on last night. That was fun. So it was just a good weekend. Giants football on Friday, and just went right into the weekend. Yeah, definitely. The only thing I haven't enjoyed is. You know, I we talk about the Giants, so I put stats up. And I don't know how many times I've been quote-tweeted about stats and people just say, preseason doesn't ma- doesn't mean anything. It's like, is that is that your, your best analysis? Are you so lacking of any critical thought that you see a stat and you – stat with no opinion, and you're like, oh, well, this just doesn't matter. What are, you, what are you, some kind of idiot? What are you doing talking about the preseason? It's like, that's what we do. We talk about football. Nobody's saying it's the end-all, be-all. Just so many times people would, and it was, it's always drive-by people too. I love when people are like, you don't know anything about Daniel Jones. It's like, I kind of do. I'm going to be really honest. I, it sounds cocky, but I kind of do. Um, so it was a good weekend. Um, one of, uh, actually, I don't even want to talk about this, but I was going to say that one of another media company went after our John Boy media guys, and it fired me up for a little bit on Saturday. But besides that, a very good weekend. Um, but we have a lot to unpack. Let's get some get. Take care of some house cleaning before we get into the game. Uh, Tate concussion. I would assume we don't see him for the rest of the preseason because of that one, because of his suspension. Now, I, I would expect maybe some practice, you know, maybe non-contact stuff. But as far as playing in the games, I don't see them doing that one. Week four, he's not going to play anyways. Um, and then week three, I do think, you know, with a, a tune-up for the first game, they want to see the offense without a guy who's, who's not going to be there for the first four games. Um, and then Sterling Shepard practiced uh, Sunday without a, a non-contact jersey, and he should be good to go. Any thoughts, Danny? I mean, for on the goals to take thing, I, I'm agreeing with you. I didn't want him to play week three because he's not going to be there week one. So um, obviously you don't want to see a guy injured, but it's kind of like the good thing almost that the Giants won't be able to use him in that week three game. But uh, and the Sterling Shepard news, while we expected it to that he would be playing week one, him having the non-contact jersey off, that really makes it more like, all right, he's going to be ready for week one. Or maybe the Giants are like, we're throwing it to him already anyway, so why even bother having him with the jersey on? But uh, besides the goal to Tate news, I say Sterling Shepard playing week one seems like a sure thing. Any chance you think we see Sterling Shepard in uh, this upcoming game against the Bengals? It kind of just hit me. Like, 
I, I would like to see him out there for a series. If he's out there practicing and catching balls, I, I really don't think there's a huge – if he's if he's healthy enough to practice full contact, I don't see there being a huge risk putting him out there. It's not like it's a Saquon where he's going to be, you know, taking – it's just taking a toll, you know, taking hits in the hole. Um, it's, you know, if he's open, they throw it to him. If not, he's not – you know, hopefully he's not going to be just getting lit up out there. Yeah, I mean, I, I, while I would like to see him in this Bengals preseason game, there's also a chance that Giants may not even bother putting him out there because who knows if we'll even see Saquon out there. It, see, something that We're I— We're not going to see Saquon. Yeah, Saquon so, He's not so, playing preseason for the rest of his career. Yeah. So, something that was brought up that I found quite interesting, it was it was on the broadcast with uh, Carl Banks and Bob Papa. They talked about how like um, these younger coaches aren't really putting their starters out there at all in the preseason. And it kind of dawned on me with the Bengals having a really young coach, will he even play majority of his starters? Will he maybe just sit them all? So I'm, I'm really intrigued to see how the Bengals will attack week three because while Pat Sherman is part of the philosophy of giving all your starters all the reps they need to get ready for week one, I, to be quite honest, I don't know the Bengals head coach's name, but I know he was hired this year. Zach Maybe Taylor. He he's, a, he's a Sean McVay. Zach uh, Taylor, yeah. Uh, so, Droney or whatever you call those people. <laughs> no, but I, there's all the chance in the world the Bengals don't start anyone of importance on week three. But uh, if you're going to put Jerome Shepard out there, uh, maybe just do him out there for like run blocking plays. Cause I, nah, personally now don't even put him out there. Just hold him out till week one. He knows his offense. He has the good, uh, camera stream. If he say week one. Yeah. I, I'd like to see him out there, even if it's just for a series or whatever. Um, and by the way, can somebody play their starters against us? It's so aggravating that the Bears just don't play their starters at all. They didn't do that last year. They did that last year. Well, they played one drive in the second game. But come on, give us a little look at your starters. It was kind of aggravating. Because then no matter what we say, people are like, they didn't even play their starters. What are, you, what are you so happy about? Even though we're not super happy. But let's get into the game. And I know everyone wants to talk about Daniel Jones, Eli Manning. But Danny, I feel like we got to start with the O-line. I'm so happy with this offensive line. I'm proud of these guys. I'm in love with these guys. This five, this starting five is good, man. Mike Rimmers played a hell of a game. He had one play where he just murked a guy where the tight end went linebacker. And I, and I love the blocking scheme of having the tight end go linebacker, um, which throws off the defensive end. And he just completely pancakes a guy. On the same play, Hernandez and Solder run a great double. And Rod Smith gets 15 yards out of it. I mean, it was it's... This offensive line is really encouraging. Like I said, Hernandez and Solder work great together. Uh, Solder had one iffy block. Halabio, he got some penetration on him a couple times and, and whiffed on a linebacker here and there. But for, for the most part, he played well in uh, 18 total snaps. And then Zeitler just kind of quietly did his job. And then with the tight ends, Ellison and Simonson are amazing blockers. I, they have improved. They, and they were good last year, but they have improved. I don't know if it's the confidence of having good tackles around them. But, man, I am so confident in those five and, you know, the having Simonson and Ellison both blocking. Like, I am so pumped for this offensive line. There were so many times, Danny, where I was like, Saquon. But Saquon bounces that. Saquon bounces that. And it happened in game one. happened in game two. I know it was against backups, so offensive line should dominate backups. And I know, like, you know, the normal Bears are going to have Akeem Hicks and Khalil Mack, so it's not going to be the same. But you can only play against who's up against you, and they dominated them. And it was I was pumped watching the offensive line, Danny. No, I was pumped as well. There was one play it was in the first drive with the first stringers where Will Hernandez was basically blocking two guys at once. But uh, I'm with you. This group is so exciting to watch. But on that part where offensive line should be dominated uh, second-teamers, 
for the past few years, Giants offensive lines haven't been able to stop third stringers if when some of them are put in. So exactly, some exactly, of them, Danny. They've been horrible against anybody, and now, like even in the preseason, and now we're seeing just consistent success. No, yeah, just see, yeah, the success builds on stuff, and as you said, Mike Grammers did well, Kevin Zeidler did well, Nate Solder did well, and John Halapio, he looked fine. I'm still not the biggest over the moon about John Halapio yet, but to that point where uh, last year when the Giants played the Bears, uh, Nate Solder pretty much shut down Khalil Mack all game, so there's he knows how to stop Khalil Mack. He has the formula. He when we play the Bears in uh. Later in the season, he can maybe t- teach Mike Rummer some of that because Khalil Mack bounces around. So, no, yeah, this offensive line, I'm so excited for, and I'm, I, I really hate Demarcus Lawrence. Most Giants fans do, but I, I hate Demarcus. That Lawrence. was out of nowhere. What, what did he say something again? No, he just, he just, I just know him, and like just everything he tweets about, like so happy the Giants kept Eli Manning, and he always posts a picture after the game. So I'm hoping this is the year where the Giants can finally shut him up, and this off of the line could just shut him down in Week One, and whenever we play them again, I, I, I'm so excited for this offensive line. And as we said, next week probably being the tune-up game, the Stars will get a good amount of reps. I want to see how they perform together because this will be the last time they go out there until we take the field Week One against Dallas. Yeah, two good points. Now I need to write this down. Writing it down now. When we play the Cowboys, if we do well, especially against Dex or uh, Demarcus Lawrence, I'm going to pit a compilation of Lawrence getting beat up, and I'm going to roast him. Writing that down. I will join you on and tag him, and everyone, all the listeners, get behind us. And then you just made a good point that we're seeing our offensive line out there. That's why it's important to play your starters for at least a little bit in these preseason games because the offensive line is new. They're working together, getting that chemistry and confidence is very big on the offensive line too. Like confidence is like big in basketball. It's in football. It's, you know, it's not as much of an issue um, because you're kind of just, you know, hitting the guy in front of you, but offensive line as a unit and having confidence in the guy next to you, that changes the way you play. It's just a fact. Um, and then just the confidence that we can pit tight ends out there and let and trust in the block. Like I said before, um, we ran a lot of two tight end sets. And I expect even with a, and Evan Ingram is healthy, but they're keeping out of preseason. But w- even with Evan Ingram out there, I 100% believe that they are going to take Evan Ingram off the field at times and throw Ellison and Simonson out there and say, go out there and block. And then you can put Ingram out there with another guy and let him burn linebackers because you have to respect this guy, this team. Um, and because the offensive line is good, they're going to bring guys up in the box because of Saquon and a good offensive line. And then that makes our receivers who there's no like really special guy. There's some good guys, but no really special guys. That allows those guys to look really good. And that's that's the formula for a winning team, Danny. Get your offensive line right. Have some good weapons on the outside. And we have the best running back in the NFL. That's not part of the formula. It's just a really nice thing to have. And like I said before, there were so many times where I thought Saquon would have bounced it. And I say conservatively 10-plus yards, but in my mind, I'm like, he's breaking that safety. There's no way that safety's tackling. He's scoring. He's going to have a lot of breakthrough plays. Um, In the stretch game, the stretch blocks are the hardest things to do for an offensive line. And the Giants have been doing them flawlessly in these first two preseason games. And then another point, on the Eli touchdown, go back and look at it. They blitzed eight. So we kept in a tight end and a running back to block. And good job at uh, for Perkins on that block. So that was really nice. So you have one free man, which a quarterback is ready for that, is used to that. you got to get the ball before that free man gets there. But what is different about this offensive line compared to past years, 
all those other seven were blocked. Past years, that doesn't happen. One or two more guys are going free. Eli's got to throw in the dirt, take a sack, throw an interception. This year, he can sit there for a good two and a half seconds, let Benny Fowler get that slant and get a touchdown. This, I'm so confident in this offensive line. I think I'm more confident in them than I am any position on this team, obviously, besides Saquon. Well, that's another thing about Evan Ingram. While we know he's not the best in run blocking, we don't know what he, how much he's improved from last year to this year. We haven't and seen they him. Put, but they put him in good situations. They don't yeah. ask him to go and just manhandle a guy. They ask him for down blocks, backside cut blocks, backside yeah. contain blocks. So Evan Ingram, he's going to be in good situations. And when he can do that decent, that allows him to run drag routes on play action and get wide open. We saw it against the Colts. We saw it against the Redskins. I'm telling you, Danny, this offensive line has me freaking fired up, man. Yeah, for for years, like years, we have worried week after week when we have an offensive line, our offensive lines out there because they could not block. That's a perfect example, that eight-man play. Everyone except that one guy was blocked, and that's how it's supposed to be. Saquon is also a good blocker as well, so he will contribute as well out there. It's just, it's just so relieve and not having to worry about an offensive line not having the fear eric flowers at left tackle letting anyone around him and eli taking a massive hit or at right tackle having a capable right guard when we have patrick Meyer, he was not good he sucked kevin zeidler deep one of the best right guards in the league nate solder one of the best left tackles in the league the it is the confidence I have in this offensive line is through the roof. And I, I'm with you. Get these guys reps. That's one thing I do like about Pat Shermer while these younger coaches. Well, I do understand not giving all your starters reps because of injury sake. I like that the offensive line needs reps. You're As you know, you need to build chemistry with the guy next to you. And if you don't have that trust, nothing works out well. And we saw it last year with Will Hernandez and Nate Solder. Once they gained, like, the, once Nate Solder really gained the trust for Will Hernandez, it was lights out on that left side. So, yes, just as we just said, offensive line should, is going to be one of the best positions in the league. And I'm going to make a bold prediction here. This offensive line is going to be top 10, top 5 in the NFL this year. In I don't protection. think top 10 is even a bold prediction, Danny. Top 5 would be, but I, I'm really confident in this team. And you mentioned Saquon as a blocker, and I know this is something people make jokes about. But we have wide receivers who can block downfield. Sterling Shepard is a good blocker downfield. Tate is. Latimer, I'm not sure, honestly. I haven't paid attention to Latimer. But he's a big-bodied guy, so you'd hope he can he can do pretty well. I'm telling you, man, there's going to be a lot of breakout plays. Um, I'm pumped about these guys. And we're going to talk about uh, Gates and Chad Wheeler. Is, is there anything else on the offensive line before we talk about those two cats? Uh, no, just to add to that, Sterling Shepard, that Josh Norman play where he absolutely bulldozed Josh Norman is absolutely satisfying, and I can't wait to see him do that again this year. But no, nothing else. Let's talk about Nick Gates and Chad Wheeler. Yeah, Nick Gates and Chad Wheeler. So Nick Gates, are a lot of people are high on, and I like that. Chad Wheeler, a lot of people are down on, and I even had like a take like he's going to get cut. I'll be real, I, over, I overreacted in the moment. He did have that bad play in the sack. rest of the game, he played really well in the blocking game, although he is part of the third stringers now. I don't know if that was because of him coming off of the, uh, a, a minor injury, but that's kind of alarming. Um, and let's kind of be real. Chad Wheeler is kind of a nobody. He was an undrafted free agent out of USC. He was thrown in because Flowers was the worst tackle in the NFL, and he was probably the second worst tackle in the NFL. Um, and Giants fans kind of loved him because <laughs> because he just wasn't Eric Flowers, and, and he wasn't as bad as Eric Flowers. So, that, I mean, that was nice. We rejoiced in him allowing free sacks against J.J. Watt. But Nick Gates played really well, man. There were some uh, really good plays. 
um, some pancake plays. In fact, I'm going to share the clips tomorrow to get people hyped up or today when you're listening. Um, and uh, the fumble where that he recovered, like he pancaked his guy and then he goes and gets the fumble. So there's a lot of effort stuff up there. Now, the play where I got mad at Chad Wheeler and said he's going to get cut, Nick Gates was horrible on that play too. He He's the one who actually allowed the sack. It's just I, Chad Wheeler, I was paying attention to him more so in game. And he got blown up. Uh, Nick Gates uh, did as well. And they kind of just met at the quarterback, which is like a defensive end. Like they talk about that in practice and meeting rooms. Like, like they, I guarantee you that they, they won like a pizza party or something. I, I promise you that happens in defensive line film rooms. Like if we can meet at the quarterback at the same time, you get this prize. We're going to go take you to do this. Like I'm telling you, that's, that's what happens. Maybe if Greg Williams is their defensive coordinator, he'd pay them money to do that. Um, so that was bad. But besides that, uh, Chad Wheeler was good. He wasn't great, but he did have some decent plays in the run game. He was sustainable in the pass game. But like I said, Nick Gates, man, he seems to have a little bit of a nasty streak. Um, he's young. He's upcoming. And I think he's out to prove something. And I think right now I'm confident in him as the swing tackle. When I said Nick Gates was one of the, my players to watch last week, I did that because that week one was his first time playing at, or at least this year playing at left tackle. They moved him over there, so I believe that was just a a warm up for him. He had to get used to it, and then now, this week he was at much better. I I posted that clip of that fumble. He was after he did his block. He was just sitting. He would he got he was on he was on his butt, and then that fumble was gone. He was the first offensive lineman sprinting to that ball. Him and Evan Brown, while like Chad Slade of all them were just standing there. Uh, Nick Gates hustled to that ball. I was really impressed with what I saw out of Nick Gates. And as you said, all the the coaches really seem to be a fan of Nick Gates. They they said he's a guy that can play at all five positions if need be. So. I think Nick Gates, bar an injury, he's definitely going to be on this roster. Chad Wheeler playing with the third stringers. Uh, I'm not worried about that yet. I I think it was because he was coming off injury. They didn't want to throw him right back in there because they, they know what Chad Wheeler is. He's a guy that if you are in desperate need of, you can put him in there and he will hopefully do his job well. But As of uh, now, I got Chad Wheeler on the team, but I, I, I would – I think I'm leaning Nick Gates as the the first guy to come off the bench, though. Yeah, when I posted that clip, a bunch of people responded to me as saying, uh, potential swing tackle. We got a swing tackle right there, and I'm with you all the way. Uh, I got Chad Wheeler on the bubble right now. I I, I have to, I haven't really gained an opinion on him. Week four, we need to see Big George. We need yeah. like I, what, what's up That's with Big George? It. I know, like we said in the in the pregame show, I understand he has a concussion, but. Like concussions shouldn't take this long, and I get that they want to, you know, be safe with it. Maybe this is a bad take by me, but I would like to see some a big George out there eventually. That's the thing. We we just don't know how serious the concussions are. A the NFL takes these serious. If you show like even the littlest, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, if if they 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 don't want more serious in preseason, Danny, I'll just say that. Yeah, but I think maybe because he's a seventh round uh, tackle, maybe they're not. He's going to be on the team this year. Or at least I believe he was not going to throw him out there into the fire. But week four, while it's going to be huge for every bubble player, I feel like it's even bigger than for Chad Wheeler because uh, the Giants are a huge fan of it. But how many teams outside of the Giants organization are a fan of Chad Wheeler? But while I say that, Eric Flowers has got two jobs since leaving New York. But that's the problem is he got two jobs. He got cut last year. So uh, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Nick Gates. I'm going to pat myself on the back for that good prediction, but if, if he sucks, then I wouldn't even be saying I, I'd be like, oh, who? I never said Nick Gates. But uh, I'm a fan of Nick Gates. Nice Chad flex Wheeler. on Nick Gates, by the way. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I was like, Nick Gates, that's your player to watch? What the heck, Danny? And then it's actually, 
you just we continue the ball on our players to watch. Oh yeah. So uh just yeah, Chad Wheeler, bubble player for me right now, Nick Gates. If he the only way he doesn't make this roster is by injury. So yeah, that's like I'm on those two. Danny, we went twenty minutes into this show without talking about Daniel Jones. I can't me, believe that. Me, Danny, I think there's some people that are pissed. Like, why are you talking about the offensive line for fifteen? Danny Dimes. Shut Danny up. Dimes. Danny freaking dimes, baby. Oh my gosh. So we'll we'll I will I will talk about Eli, but let's talk about Daniel Jones first, because that's what everybody wants to talk about. Eleven of fourteen, 161 yards, and a dime touchdown to TJ Jones. Uh, let me start with the fumbles. Let's get those out of the way. Cannot happen. Cannot happen, especially more so the one on the center exchange. You cannot have that. That is always on the quarterback. You cannot let that happen. You need to take – he needs to – I know it's like kind of high schoolish rah-rah, but he needs to go to the sideline and take like, you know, 100, 200 snaps under center just, right, you know, with with whoever it is, whether it's Pulley, Jalapio, whoever, because um, you got to get that down. Um, and then the one on the on the sack or the strip sack, that was completely on him. I get that, you know, he, you know, he doesn't want to get sacked, but he could have stepped up more. And you just got to protect the ball. Like he knew that guy was there. I don't know. I don't. I, it was almost like he didn't expect him, that guy to go for the ball. It seemed like he was gonna. He expected him to like try and swipe him with his arm. I don't. I don't know what the deal was with that. So, got to fix that. That's unacceptable. Got to figure that out. But the man was Danny Dimes again. Eleven for fourteen. One of those incompletions was a drop. One of those incompletions was not a good incompletion. But if you're gonna throw that ball incomplete, which was the uh, the chair route, the short comeback to Golden Tate. Throw it low and away if you're going to miss. Um, and then the other one was that third and uh, 12 to TJ Jones. He did put a little behind him, but TJ Jones kind of stumbled a little bit, breaking out of his route. Um, so it's a little bit on both guys, but I'm not going to make an excuse for Danny there. But everything else was great. He went through his prog- – he had to go through his progressions on a couple times. So that checked down the Rod Smith. He went through all his progressions. Um, the, the Bears ran a lot of uh, man coverage with uh, a low safety, so like a safety almost playing as a linebacker and just kind of zoning around, you know, picking the guy to go to, and they sprinkled in a little cover three. When they did run cover three, that is when Daniel Jones went deep. That was the Cody Latimer play. That was cover three. He, he, he you know, kind of he stared down the safety and looked in the middle of the field at Tate. As soon as he saw that safety wasn't get there, he throws that ball to Cody Latimer, and what a beautiful catch and even a more beautiful uh, or more a beautiful pass and a more beautiful catch by Cody Latimer um and you know he he looked great out there that was an amazing catch um and then the touchdown to TJ Jones that's just beautiful they're playing press cover 3 and a, a end zone fade just put it absolutely beautiful it was great there were some other really good plays on that on his first throw which was like the second and uh, 14 after a holding a penalty he seams it in between that that low safety I think it was to Benny Fowler. Um, some of the other plays they ran, they ran a lot of all curl routes, so basic stuff. But you know, he, there was some looking off guys, and, and there was decision making in it. Like I said in the last episode, just because something is first read doesn't mean you're just staring down a receiver. You're reading one player, and then you're throwing to uh, one of two receivers based off of what that guy does. Um, and they did rush some five guys at him. Um, they had a, a little bit of blitzing. Um, just but but overall, just really great. I'm pumped up. Uh, his stats have been great. He's looked good. He's looked poised in the pocket. He hasn't left the pocket. And there there wasn't a rollout play. Am, am, am I missing? I know Eli had one rollout play. I don't think Daniels had a rollout play. So he's he's thrown every pass of the preseason in the pocket. So Jeff Schwartz, how about that running quarterback? Um, so basically, what I'm saying is I'm I'm really impressed with Daniel. 
And this isn't why we love them, Danny. And, you know, we kind of have to keep reiterating that for new listeners. But it's just kind of it's just a little more confirmation and a little more confidence after what we already thought of him after watching all his Duke stuff. I was really excited when I saw at the end of the first quarter, Pat Shermer took out the first string offensive line and put Daniel Jones in with the second string offensive lines because I believe the first string offensive lines are shutting down second string players. This was the test he needed. It showed some of his flaws. His flaws is ball security. Uh, that center exchange, which and happened- that's so easily fixable. Too. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. people are like, oh my gosh, he had two fumbles. Like that's the most fixable thing in the world. Like, if that's if that's his major flaw, it's the most like I said, it's the most fixable thing in the world. No, yeah, that was the the center one was absolutely horrendous. But while we're complaining about that, I'm going to bring it up. While I, I yes, I'm kind of defend them a little bit. That Chase Daniels, that shotgun play when she allowed the safety, that was horrendous. I was like, well, at least ours. Yes, we gave the Bears the ball, but at least ours wasn't that ugly. But no, the ball security thing that. It's 100% fixable, and it will get fixed. The, the thing I liked is when this happened, he showed so much fire and anger at himself. Like, like Saquon Shepard came over there, like, Compton down, like, like, like say, yeah, it's gonna be, it's all good, you'll recover from this. Pat Sherman was there. I really like the fire he showed in the, that he wa- he was mad at himself, he wanted to get better at that. But for some for some reason, maybe it was just me, when you, when, when I was watching him, I'm like, man, Daniel Jones is like, man, it's not that it feels like a little bit of a letdown of a game, but when you go back and watch the tape and just look at his stats, it wasn't that bad at all. As you said, that that pass to Cody Latimer was glorious. Th- I love the Giants uh, main account tweeted out like this like the SpongeBob thing, like and Daniel Jones can't throw a deep ball. That was hilarious. I like that. The TJ Jones pass, that end zone fade, beautiful. It was when you go back and watch the tape, Daniel Jones was very good. Yes, he had the issue, he had some issues, but he did his reads this time. People complained that he made only his first read throws in that first preseason game. He went through all his reads this week. That check down the Rossman, perfectly timed check down. Nothing was open. He he played a save and he got a few yards out of that with Rod Smith. So Daniel Jones was very impressive. This was the game he needed. He needed adversity and he, he faced the adversity. The, the Bears second stringers are very good when they're not going up against our offensive line. And when they went up against the second string guys, they proved their worth and they gave Daniel Jones trouble. And he's going to learn from this experience and build on into next week and then week four. And then whenever we see him in the NFL, real time games, then he's going to be prepared, I believe. And people who are saying like, they ran cover two. Cover two has been one of the longest lasting defenses in the NFL. You want to know why? You want to know what really why? Because it works. It's a really good defense. It's Shocking. my favorite kind of defensive scheme as a as a as a Tampa two cover two team. Because if you can get to the QB, it is the best defense in NFL. It really is. The thing is, is they haven't been able to get to the QB. I get that as backups, but it's just a matter of fact they haven't been able to get to the QB. So when you have time, you can pick it apart. And most of the time, it's on your first read. So, like, people criticize, like, it's, it was his first read. It's like, well, what do you want him to do? Just like, you know, my first read is open, but I want to prove all these douches on Twitter that, oh, I can go to my third read. It's just, it's just dumb. So, uh, like I said, the things that you look for in a QB, he's been showing. That's the kind of things you could show in preseason. Poise. He's got it, dude. He isn't phased by anything. Ballsiness. He will slice it in between a safety and a, and a corner. Like uh, like I said, when they were running that man low safety, he was pit- he was putting it in between that safety. Uh, I think there was one to Tate, um, I believe, and then the one to Benny Fowler. He was taking chances, and while they're not the craziest chances, he was doing the best with what he had. 
Um, and then accuracy. My gosh, this kid is accurate. Um, you know what? I don't care if it's let's say Daniel Jones doesn't have arm strength. The boy pits it where it needs to go. So I'd rather have that kind of arm than some guy who just shoots lasers in there like Marcus Mariota and is inaccurate or can't pit any touch. People, I love when people are like, he's a touch thrower. It's like, yeah, that's kind of what you want is a touch thrower. Um, not somebody who just lasers everything in and gets horrible angles on passes. And so he's looked really good. He's looked obviously a lot better than Haskins and then Kyler. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm encouraged by him. Haskins is making like really bad struggles. He did have a really nice touchdown pass, but besides that, it was kind of check down city. Kyler, um, I feel bad for him behind that Cardinals offensive line, and it's hard for me to judge him, especially because he's just he's just such kind of a weird player. He's he's very boomer bust, um, but he is he's tiny. Like let's be real, Kyler's tiny, and then we're not even gonna talk about them. But before we go to Eli, like that's been my closing thoughts, Daniel. Dime the ball over the field against uh, Bears that ran a lot of man coverage, sprinkled in with some cover three. So now he's he's played against man, cover two, and cover three. Um, the only defenses left are cover four and then all these zone blitzes. But, like, I get that zone blitzes happen, but t- defenses aren't running 70% of zone blitzes and these wild blitzes. And if they want to rush 5-6 at, at Daniel Jones, he's going to do fine because he is he is decisive. And so when you have, like, a blitz like that, you just need to be decisive and put the ball accurate. So, really, like, he's showed me everything he can show me in this preseason, besides ball security. Hold on to the damn ball, Daniel. No, yeah, he, he's, he's shown exactly what we wanted to do. And while before the preseason and everyone was hating on him, he's opened eyes in this preseason game. The NFL, his Twitter account, his social media are giving him the respect. Uh, some people have quieted their concerns, while some people have kept their con- uh, rhetoric on him going. So he's just—he's proven himself that he that he belongs in this league with good throws, good reads, good. As we said, ball security is the biggest issue, but that can get fixed. And I believe when next time we see him, that issue should be fixed. He'll get used to the center. It's he'll just, get punished it, in practice. For oh, no. He'll get 100% get punished. He'll, he's going to hear it from Pat. He definitely heard it from Pat Shermer. Eli definitely talked about it, about him. Oh, but also, did you see that clip of Eli and Daniel Jones both using the earpiece at the same time? It was. Oh, yeah. I tried to screen grab it, but it, I was waiting for another clip. And then by that time, I was like, somebody else has got it. But uh, that that is actually where I use the GIF uh, or the GIF or whatever um, to go at Ryan Clark, which uh, will actually go to a mailbag. But, like, he was – man, like, if you really couldn't stand, like, the dumb Eli faces, Daniel Jones is going to provide you for another 15 years of those. <laughs> like, and I love it. I don't care. It's going to be GIF city with those. I think Eli's teaching him the faces. Like, so, like, when you're on the ground and you get sacked, look like you've you've just been seen a ghost. The, he... <laughs> Dude, they're so bad, Danny. They're so <laughs> bad. We're going to have 15 years of that. I just, what I need to do is just spend an hour and just writing captions for a gift of that, and I'll be fine. I'll just be good to go. Just basically, like, just whoever hates on that weekend, well, I'll figure out something with that. Daniel Eli's been provided. You said Eli's been provided content for fifteen years. Daniel Jones, he will provide content for fifteen years, and I can't wait to see the faces he make. Maybe he's got a few new ones up his sleeve. But that that clip of Eli Daniel Jones. While I did like the Josh McCown and uh, Sam Darnold went better with the hair flip at the same time, this was just as good. With they're just looking at Eli with his sunflower. If Daniel Jones was having sunflower seeds, just like Eli Manning, it would have made it like twenty times more better, and they spit it out at the same time. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's let's talk about Eli. We're we're going kind of long. So we'll the talk goat. about Eli 
And then, yeah, he, you know what's funny is we're all we were talking about Daniel Jones being perfect. Eli kind of he's five for five with a touchdown. He actually, is um, he hasn't had an incompletion. Um, and then we'll kind of speed read through some running back and receiver, and we'll go through the defense a little quicker than I I wanted. But um, we spent so much on O line and Daniel Jones. Eli looked really good. I think there is uh, a little fire under his seat. Uh, by the way, just you know, with Eli and Pat Shermer, I love. Max protect two man two man routes. Uh, I think that puts a lot of trust in your receivers to be smart and find soft spots in the zone and get down the field. And it forces Eli to not dink and dunk. And he wasn't dinking and dunking this game, but it's just a fact. Like it forced him to not dink and dunk. That was a really it was the first pass where they uh, they kept in seven or eight to block. Um, had Latimer and I think either Tate or Fowler uh, run another route. Got it to Cody Latimer for twenty yards. Really nice stuff. Um, and then, uh, the touchdown, the to Benny Fowler, like we said before, we're talking about the offensive line, they blitz state Eli, you know, identified the, the, the free rusher, the hot guy. Um, great. Uh, it was kind of a rub route where Benny Fowler comes underneath, catch nice catch by Fowler, breaks the tackle, scores a touchdown, um, the rollout to Simonson. And then what was the other throw, Danny? Am I, I, I can't remember what the other one is that I'm missing. Did you mention the Cody Latimer throw, like right in the beginning of the game? Yeah, I got the Cody Latimer. I got the Benny Fowler touchdown, and then I got the the play action rollout uh, block and release to Scott Simonson. And it's really bothered me that I can't I can't remember the other one. There is uh, I told I know yeah there is one more, but I just can't think of it off the top. Was it a slant to Tate? I think it was a slant to Tate. Cause I think oh yes, that's it. Because I remember Tate got annoyed that he couldn't gain yards, or whatever. But that's a hundred percent the play. You're right. Um, so Eli looked really good. I think he's got a little fire under his seat. Um, like, like we, you know, we've prefaced before it was against backups. It was the preseason. Uh, but he did exactly what you needed him to do. And there's nothing you complain about Eli in this game. I mentioned that in my little wrap up video, even if it's against second string guys, it's building confidence for week one. He, he, Eli's the guy. If he doesn't have the confidence, he's not good. That most quarterbacks are, but if he's like Eli, even more apparent, he needs the confidence and these reps will build it for him for when he's in week one in Dallas and going up against the likes of Vander Ash, Jalen Smith. He needs the, the reps. He needs the confidence. And, and so far, well, especially this week, he gained that confidence with the four for four next week against the Bengals. He'll he'll get more snaps. And he he probably won't have a perfect game as much as I want him to. He'll he'll face adversity hopefully, and he'll make good throws in the pressure situation. So um, next week's game because this is, this is next week's the last week we're gonna see our starters until week one or this week I should say. So keep giving him the reps. He'll build the confidence. I believe, and as you said, the fire's behind him with Daniel Jones. He knows if he doesn't perform, the Giants are gonna sit him for Jones, and now. He's he's gonna play his heart out, and he's gonna play like there's no tomorrow because there's he, he's not guaranteed. He's a week on week basis now, and that will in my that that is my opinion will help him improve each and every week, and it'll give us the best Eli we can have. Yeah, definitely. All right, let's let's go quick through the running backs and the receivers. Rod Smith ten for forty two. Perks uh, six for thirty five. John Hillman sixteen for fifty six. Three and a half yards per carry in the touchdown. Um, Rod Smith looked the best. But I also don't I, like. We talked about the offensive line for a lot. A lot. Uh, they made plays. There was the one Rod Smith where he bounced it out and then jumped over a guy. That was nice. But like you said, you do with you do the best with what you can. They did. Um, Hilleman had the nice touchdown. Uh, Perkins uh, looked pretty decent. Uh, I think his pass blocking was the best. Um, we mentioned the Eli touchdown. He had that screen pass 
So overall happy with the running backs compared to last week where we were very disappointed. I believe uh, that Rod Smith fumble, that did hurt him a little bit, but I also believe Paul Perkins closed the gap a little bit. It, it wasn't anything impressive, but Rod Smith, yes, he had the 10 carries for 42 yards. Paul Perkins, 6 for 35. He averaged more. So I feel like he closed the gap just a little bit, but Rod Smith is still the favorite, in my opinion. Uh, Wayne Gallman, that doesn't have any He's He's the second guy. We all know that. This is for the third string backup. But I'm also going to say I was impressed by Jonathan Hillman. He had that he had a uh, the concussion last week. He came out 16 carries, 56 yards, had his first NFL touchdown. I like what I saw from uh, Rod, uh, Jonathan Hillman. Once again, I believe he's still on the outside looking in. But you like to see everyone contribute, and he didn't contribute and helped us and against the Bears. Right. All right. Receivers. We talked. We talked through both of Latimer's throw catches, so we don't have to spend time on him. The guy that obviously impressed me the most again was DJ Jones, three catches for 32 yards, all were from Daniel Jones. The touchdown, he continues to run really good routes, be smart out there, make plays. And he. I think he's pretty much locked himself up a roster spot at this point, where at the beginning he was running with third team, and it was a little worrisome. Um, I think now the question is, does he end up with the starters in those first four games with Golden Tate out? Uh no yeah T J Jones I I it's between him and Benny Fowler at this point yeah uh, yeah I give the edge to Benny Fowler because he's given most of the work of Eli Manning not T J Jones yet maybe that'll change this week both have two touchdowns yeah we're Jonesing out here by the way I love a Jones to Jones touchdown we're Jonesing we're Jonesing but uh, I'm also keeping up with the Joneses keep stupid jokes sorry I just had to get that one in keep print that shirt. Uh, so one thing I really also am going to give props to Alonzo Russell on that play design to give Reggie White a touchdown, uh, that the bears player named duck, which I, I love his last name for some reason, made a great dive and pick. He was on his way to a pick six, but Russell with the hustle, as Carl Banks said, chased this guy down and made sure he wasn't getting that pick six. He even almost punched the ball out, but that guy duck had a good grip on it. So uh, Alonzo, Alonzo Russell has been making a name for himself, and he's making it harder and harder every week. This I'm really intrigued to see the 53 man cut down at the wide receivers, especially because they have the, the the depth there is impressive. T.J. Jones, Benny Fowler, even which, without Golden Tate, yeah, this without Golden well. Tate is. Are while any receiving core is better with Odell Beckham Jr. The Giants are in capable hands without him. Yes, Odell Beckham Jr. is uh, impossible to replace. But they got the pieces to hopefully make a good unit to replace him. Because before with Odell Beckham Jr., it's kind of a one-man show. Now it's a multi-man show with Sterling Shepard, uh, Cody Latimer. I've been impressed with so far. T.J. Jones, Benny Fowler, Golden Tate. I'm who knows what he brings. I'm not even Golden Tate. I'm still not a fan of at the moment, especially from what I've seen from him. Or maybe that's just me being annoyed that he got suspended for four games. So I can't be too mad about that. But the, the you John, be as mad as you want, Danny. Yeah. Also, let's Britton Golden. That he had one catch, but he had a great upfield turn, got twenty-seven yards. Damari Scott, he had that. I was a Tanny. I think it was Tanny that made that beautiful pass yeah. to him. Yes, he pushed off that guy a little bit, but still, there's sometimes pushes happen all the time, and referees miss it. If Matt Nacky had such a problem, he should have challenged it. Yeah. But I think he was out of challenge by that point, so it doesn't matter. But yeah. um, and um, the Golden catch was uh, against a cover three, so yeah, pretty pretty happy with everybody. Yeah, I'm I'm happy with this receiving core as a whole. Just, yeah, I'm happy with them as a whole. All right, let's talk about the defense. Um, I want to start with the D-line. Dexter Lawrence, I see a lot of people getting mad about it. Let's let's slow our rolls with it. Um, when you're only rushing four for the majority of the time, I think it was 
Uh, 66 or 67% of the time, they only rushed four. Uh, although they did rush five a little more, you're going to get a lot of double teams out of that bad position. He got decent movement, nothing spectacular, but I just want to say slowly roll with decks. So I'm just going to go through my notes with these guys. Um, O'Shane Ximenez uh, settled down pretty decent. He did have that sack. It wasn't like a great play, but he also, um, it was more of an effort play, which is, you know, great to see. Uh, he also had, you know, that that touchdown that was uh, on him. There was a similar play ran. He covered it with the help of the safety, I believe it was. Um, so, but he he recognized that and covered it this time. So that was good. Um, he 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 had some really good plays. Um, one really nice one on a stunt that led to the Pierre Olsen sack. Um, and then Marcus Golden, like we said last week, I think it was in our player profile projection. Put a tight end on him and see what happens. And that's exactly what happened. They tried to put a tight end with him one-on-one. He freaking dominates him, gets a sack. So that's that's my quick notes on the D-line. No, yeah. Uh, Ryan Connolly pressed the most, especially with his instincts. Yes, he had a few bad angles on tackles he should have made. Well, but he's a he linebacker, sh- Danny. Yeah. Yeah, but he also, but he showed that he he he's such a smart guy, Ryan Connolly. Some people said he could be maybe the Giants' uh, Van Der Esch, and as much as I hate Van Der Esch on the Dallas, he, I I love Van Der Esch as a player. He's so good, and if I can get a Van Der Esch like player, Ryan Connolly, I would be stoked. Uh, Dexter Lawrence, Dexter Lawrence is a he's a big dude, and you gotta prepare for him, and he's have a double team in him because that's what you gotta do because he can manhandle most. Uh, second string off of the linemen and possibly even some first string guys so you got to prepare for him they've been shutting him down but sometimes he has been able to get around them but he's that is open opportunities for the likes of O'Shane Ximenez Marcus Gold they got a sack he was able to get around there and get a sack uh also, Pierre, this is not related to Daniel Jones, but he got uh, Dexter Lawrence I mean he, also Pierre got his first sack is it Olsen Pierre or Pierre Olsen P- oh god I don't even know now alright talk I'm Thank you. He's Bob's going to confirm his name. Uh, uh, he got his first sack in blue, uh, so that was good to see. Uh, while we don't expect much out of him, uh, just getting a sack. Hopefully, builds confidence. I don't know. Uh, O'Shane Ximena has got his Olsen first sack. Pierre. Olsen Pierre. I knew, did. I say Olsen, I think I said Olsen Pierre. Let's go, me. You did. I screwed it up this time. Uh, <laughs> but Olsen Pierre. Oh, I already said that point on him. Linebackers, right as Ryan Connolly's good. BJ Goodson, uh, unfortunately, he's going to cut. That makes me sad. Tay Davis, nothing impressive. Uh, uh, Julian Love, not as good. All right, Antonio. let me talk about the linebackers. Oh. Dang, dang, oh, you're I, just passing me up. Oh. I forgot. You, you were busy. I you're got, getting excited, bro. I got I excited it. about the defense. I'll, I'll I know. You're just passing the me up. The yours. It. I love that. All right, yeah, let me just get a little linebacker talking. Uh, yeah, Ryan Connolly, you hit it. He played extremely aggressive. He got himself in a little bit of trouble, but like I said, I tell you what, man, I don't like to pack my, pat myself on the back, but I'm telling you, I, I really do feel good about our evaluations on this draft class and undrafted because what I've what I've said he can do, he's been doing. He has been just being disruptive. Now, sometimes it turns into a big play because he shoots a gap too quick um, and there's nobody to come over the top, but he's being disruptive and I like it. Um, his best players are the, were the ones that nobody talked about. The ones that he did talk about were the ones where he just shooted a gap and caused chaos, and we love to see that. Tay Davis, who I've been super high on, um, he he hasn't been great in pass covers, man. He's, he's He has been very much more decisive in the run game, which is good, which is where he struggled last year, but he needs to be a little more decisive in uh, the zone coverage. Um, but like I said, I'm, I'm still confident in him. But 
Ryan Connolly could end up being the starter over him uh, alongside Ogletree. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised at that at this point. You know, we, you know, throughout the offseason, we kind of said, slow your roll on Connolly. Let's see what he is first. So good. Like, I think there's a good chance that he ends up starting week one over, over Tay Davis. I, I wouldn't be that surprised. Yeah, um, no, sorry. No, I was, I was going to say that before I'll get, I get on a defensive rant again. Tay Davis, he was not impressed to me this game. Hopefully he gets better, but maybe they'll give B.J. Goodson another chance. I don't know. I, I'm just really s- upset B.J. Goodson's probably not going to be on this team. Yeah, B.J. Goodson didn't play bad, but he also didn't play great. Uh, it wasn't like last week where he was struggling, but he's he's stuck with the third stringers, which is not good. Uh, let's do the DBs, and then we'll, we'll move the mailbag. Um, the... First of all, Antonio Hamilton, it seemed like every reception was against him when he was on the field. He is bad. Get Please come back, DeAndre or Baker, uh, Sam Beal, uh, anybody. He looked bad. Uh, Grant Haley, I thought, played pretty well, especially in man coverage. So some good stuff there. Although Chase Daniel, when he's the quarterback, you don't have to be great in man coverage. Uh, Corey Ballantyne played decent. He did give up a post, but I think that was more on Julian Love, who was playing safety this game. Julian Love doesn't look comfortable at safety yet, and that's why I said they need to lock him in a position, let him get comfortable there, because he just doesn't look comfortable out there. He's not decisive. And I'm saying that deep post was like 25 yards, and when that safety is supposed to have that area, you can't be late, and he was late on that one. Um, but overall, like I said, like what I saw out of Grant Haley, Janoris Jenkins played really well. He had that chase down on on the end around. Um, who's the better chase down artist? LeBron, J- Jack Rabbit, you decide. Uh but anyways, I, I, I like what I saw out of the DBs besides Antonio Hamilton, who I think has a good chance of getting cut anyways. Uh, I view it, he, he's a good gunner. He was very good in the gunner role last year. I hope they keep him in that position. He this That right there, Sam Buell needs to get healthy. I don't know how serious his groin injury is, but while you're thinking about the uh, George and his big concussion, I'm getting a little annoyed at this uh, Sam. That I, I think I said Grant Haley by accident. I met Sam Beal. He he needs. I don't know. I don't know what's wrong, but something is. We need to get this figured out because if Deon, this DeAndre Baker thing happens midseason, uh, I want Sam Beal to be the guy because I believe Antonio Hamilton should still be on the team for that gunner role. But I don't feel Antonio Hamilton sucks. Sam Beal needs to get healthy. De- DeAndre Baker, don't I don't even want to see him until preseason, uh, regular season. Uh, Julian Love, as you said, he needs to get comfortable with free safety. Maybe next week or week four he'll prove that he's good. Corey Ballantyne played well. Uh, Grant Haley had the dropped interception, but I can't get too mad at that. He's basically diving to get it. So Grant Haley, I was happy to see him at least because I'm a huge fan of Grant Haley. Uh, I don't think I'm missing anyone. So, yeah, yeah. What I'll say, and we'll go to mailbag, uh, with Julian Love, um, if you watch his college tape, he plays with a lot of confidence. So like I said, I'm not worried about that. Once he figures his thing out, I think he'll be fine. Um, but right now he's, He's playing between two positions, and that's that's really hard to do at the NFL level, at any level, but at the more you know, most so at the NFL. All right, any closing thoughts on the game before we go to mailbag, Danny? I got nothing. Let's send it to Steve if we're sending it to Steve. Send it to Steve, baby. Take it off, Steve. Mail time. Mail time. The mail's here. Come on. Here's the mail, it never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. Mail! 
Thanks, Steve from Blues Clues. Danny, let's get into the mail. First question comes from Jake Roberts at Jake Roberts two two two. We got a little PG thirteen here on Talk of Giants. He has when are when are you and Ryan Clark gonna kiss? <laughs> yeah, it's actually kind of funny because you know I I mentioned earlier I did the gif of of the Daniel Jones just like looking around like looking for Ryan Clark and Chris Carter's bum ass, and so Ryan Clark responded. He's like bum, strong words, and then he yeah I can't I can't remember exactly what he said. I could probably pull it up, but um, it's whatever at this point. Uh, and we just went back and forth a little bit. It was actually, the funny thing is, is I actually, when Ryan Clark does this, like, I think his coverage of the NFL is great. Like, I actually do. I think he's good at what he does. It was just that Pat Shermer take was dumb. And he thinks, like, I'm, like, I'm going back to that. I was like, no, Ryan, don't you remember? That was literally the first thing I said. So, like, when he does his homework, I think he does a pretty good job. It was just that dumb Ryan, uh, uh, Pat Shermer take, um, and he's like, people, he thought I didn't do my homework. He's like, I broke down every throw from Daniel Jones. Like, yeah, the five from the, from the game, like that preseason game. Like, who didn't do that, uh, Ryan Clark? I was like, but you admitted that you only did four games um, of, his, uh, of his college career. And it's like, I've done more than you, man. Like, and that wasn't even what it was about. So I, I guess he said, I ain't hard to find. And bum, wow, strong words, Bob. You think you threw footballs or actually played a meaningful snap ever in your life. It's like, hey, bro, I played some D2. Uh, Jones has played well through <laughs> preseason games. Death looks the part. Of, and I, I was in the playoffs in high school. Dang it, Ryan go. Clark. Get off my back. Death looks the part of guy Gavin thought he was. Time will tell. Which I'm fine. Like, And I've said before, like even with Dan Orlovsky, I was like, if you have, if if you don't think uh, Daniel Jones was a good prospect and you show your work, I'm completely fine with that. I just didn't like the lazy takes. Um, and I just, you know, I was like, I'm not going to get into a real argument with Ryan Clark again. So I said, I'm just hoping Pat Shermer isn't so arrogant and pompous after the game. Says Bob, you love me, don't you? I get it though. I actually acknowledge you. Must feel good that the only NFL thing about you isn't your your Twitter name you made up. And oh, I that, that, that was a good one. I, I know, which is that funny. Was a good like, one. That's a good feedback. <laughs> and I know, like that sets us up so bad having an NFL. It's like, and we joke about it. it. Makes it seem way more important than what we really are. Um, and that's why it's all like, dude. I only I openly joke about it. Uh, and then some of our followers, you know, we're getting on them, and they like can't stand them. Where I just I couldn't stand that take, and I, I actually enjoyed that back and forth. But Eric Weddle got in the mix. He's like, yeah, wow. from out of nowhere. People calling you a bum, like, that's crazy. Like, people will so, like, get these Twitter muscles or whatever. I was like, okay, well, it goes, it goes both ways, though, Eric. Like, he, he wanted to say what he said about Pat Shermer to his face. And if, if Ryan Clark said that, um, uh, like, to my face, I would say it. And I know, like, I can't prove that unless I were to say it to his face. But it was also in a joking manner. I wasn't like, this guy is literally a bum. He's useless. It's like, I was making a joke as well. Um, he tweets a lot. I'm looking for the the Eric Weddle quote tweet. Uh, I love when Eric is a better guy than me. It's like, bro, you don't, you don't think you don't have people chirping you? Anyways. We get it, Eric Weddle. You don't wear gloves. You're so freaking cool. Um, not? Got him. Um. Gosh, I'm going so far. I didn't want your card in Madden, Eric Weddle. So take that. <laughs> Come on, man. All right, this is horrible radio. Yeah. Right now. Just, just like pretend like Jeopardy's music playing. I like to do, do, do. What's the date of the game? Do, do, do. Oh, the date of the game? Oh, I think he deleted it. Damn. Come on. You're better than that, Eric Weddle. You're not listening to this, but you're better than that. Ryan Clark deleted the quote tweet. Oh. He said, I, was like, I was like Wayne's World. 
I was like, I love William. Oh, here it is. I went right past it. He said, bum, hey, Ryan, does he know you or something crazy to talk people do through Twitter, LOL. He said, of course he doesn't eat. He makes videos in his living room, bro. It's like, yeah, so what, dude? Dude's Wayne world to me, just entertainment. He does make me laugh, and he hasn't cussed me, so we are good, which is true. Like, I'm never going to go, like, curse out anybody. I, I, I think people that uh, – actually, I don't want to say that. I, 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 that's just not my style. I'm definitely on his mind a ton, though, so I'm doing my job. Thanks, Bob. You're welcome, Ryan Clark. I actually don't hate Ryan Clark. Um, I just – I did hate that take, and that take pissed me off. But after that, it's just kind of funny games. Um, but also, Ryan, like, trust me, dude, you're not the first person to respond with. I pretty much got into it with the entire get-up show at this point. <laughs> I mean, all right. no, no, no harm is being done. It's all, it's all in the. Everyone's proven their point, and the reason I get people to respond, Danny, is because when I, yeah. when I go at somebody, I go at somebody. I don't just yeah. like, dude, your takes suck. <laughs> I just like, I'll comment. I was like, this is why I don't like what you said, and I'll give evidence. Um, so I don't hate Ryan Clark. In fact. I hope if he could come down to the Pro Bowl, I'd love to sit down and get coffee with him. Even like no cameras or anything, not even like trying to like spin it for my own gain. Um, and if he says Pat Shermer didn't want him, I'll call him a bum right to his face. <laughs> I'll probably say it with a smile though. And I'm a big dude, like so you know I think I could handle my own. I'm not saying I could definitely beat him, but I definitely it's like he looks at my pit, Twitter picture and he's like this little like weasel. And I'm like, dude, I'm play college football and I'm six seven. And I need to drop a few pounds, to be completely honest. Um, <laughs> um, you can't just push me around. Uh, so it's all good, though. I, I don't hate Ryan Clark. It's actually kind of fun. Um, the next time I do go at him, it'll be, I, I'll, I'll pick it wisely. and It's got to be real funny. And that is why, Jake Roberts, we did the Ryan Clark question first. Because Ryan Clark, he, he's a, it's a fun topic to talk about now. It gives us something to go at. Next question comes from James Bixler, at James Bixler 14 He said, hi, my name is James. I'm, I'm wondering if it is – wait, hang on. I, yeah, I, I lost my English there for a second. If, if Eli struggles, will Daniel Jones be the starter? Uh, yes. Yes, 100%. It, Eli struggles, and the whole team is struggling. We'll see Daniel Jones in there whenever that is. Will that, whether that's he, Eli starts struggling week 14, we'll see Daniel Jones week 16. If Eli struggles week 16, we'll see, see Daniel Jones week 17. Hi, my name is Bobby, and this is the wrong meeting, James. No, uh, this is a good question. Hopefully, if we don't, that's going to be really aggravating. If Eli's struggling and they are stubborn with this, it's going to be really frustrating, and we'll be talking about this for uh, weeks, weeks on end until Daniel Jones finally gets in there. So um, I stand with, I'm agree with John Mayer. I hope Eli does great and we do well. Although, man, I really want to see Why Daniel would you Jones. wish for that, Bobby? Why would you wish for our <laughs> starting quarterback to do well? You're such a monster. Uh, <laughs> I know, it's brutal. All right, let's, let's get to the next question. I don't even want to next question open comes... can of worms again. <laughs> next question comes from Charlie G at G68 underscore Charlie. He asks, let's start talking 53-man roster. By the third preseason game, starters should be on the field. And by the fourth preseason game, they should be working on any kinks they have as a team unit. Time to talk 53-man roster. Uh well the thing we, we said this beginning of the show the stars have been getting good reps and well the start the starters are not playing week four if I see a single starter out there I will have an issue I don't want them out there get they are good week three is the tune up game that's when all the kinks should be done everything should get worked out week four is for all the guys on the bubble behind them that can prove their worth uh all the start yes stars have been getting the reps they've been looking good for the most part defense and we'll. we'll 
they're a little thing to worry about right now. But they begin their reps and next week, this week, I'll talk fifty-three man roster when cut day comes. I'm not doing any fifty. I'm not doing any roster prediction. Yeah, also, yeah, that that will this would turn into like a three-hour show if we went to do that. Final question comes from Scooch. Scoochie ESM. He asks, simply, are the Giants going to be better than people think this season? Yes. Easy. Yes. Of course, they will. Offensive line is the key. It's the heart of a team. Uh, Danny, I know you agree. I, I definitely think we're going to be better. The question is how much? Well, yeah, is it, that we, we could be better by one whole win, but we're better. It, it's just, yeah, we just don't know. If this defense settles down and they can get consistent stops, we will be a very good team. I am a firm believer in that. Is that me being over, uh, like being too excited because I'm a Giants fan for life and I want to see my team do well? Yes. Like every week, if we if we're not going to do game predictions because we're all going to choose the Giants to win every single week. But I do believe this team will be better than 2017 and 2018. Here's what I'll say, and we'll end on this. If Eli struggles, we need to pull the cord quick. Because I do not want to throw this season away, and I have a lot of confidence in Daniel Jones. More so from this preseason. You could say it's preseason all you want, but my confidence is higher. And anybody who's been listening to this show for a while knows how high I am on Daniel Jones. We cannot play this 1-5, 1-6 game. We need If it happens, it has to happen quick. I do not want to throw this season away. So um, any last thoughts before we end the show, Danny? I'm with you. If Eli sucks week one, week two, week three, there is a perfect opportunity against Washington to put Daniel Jones in. As you said, don't do it too late. There is so much hope potential for this team. Do it when you can, and don't miss the opportunity. All right. It was definitely a fun show. I really enjoyed this show. Um, in fact, before in our break between mailbag, I said I told Danny, one, I've had a lot of fun doing the show. Uh, if you enjoyed it, please leave us a rating review. Our numbers are horrible with rating reviews. And I see the no, I, I see how many downloads and listens we get, and our rating reviews are kind of pathetic. And I don't always ask, but please do that. Like it, it seriously means a lot to us. It helps us out. Um, and then make sure to follow us. We're growing. We're having fun. Uh, tell everybody about talking giants. And so, oh, in the schedule for this week, three player profiles on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. We'll have a post game show from the Bengals game on Friday. If something big happens before that, we'll we'll cut out a player profile and do it. But it have to be major, um, and hopefully, so hopefully nothing major happens. Um, so until Very calm week, yeah, let's have a calm week until tomorrow. We're on in Cincinnati. Let's go, Big Blue. The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started.